What is up, everybody? Mark on the mic here, joined by Mr. Dan Forrester from the Archery Trade Association, often referred to as the ATA, Dan. Uh, This podcast today, a little bit impromptu. Uh, We plan things oftentimes over on our end, like well in advance, uh, and we either leave room or make room for instances where, um, you know, something is, is newsworthy, timely, and uh, I think the topic of today's discussion uh, definitely falls within that category. We're talking about uh, some recent, uh, you know, uh, eliminations of federal funding to schools that have uh, have archery programs or hunter education programs, which, I mean, to me, you know, from where I sit, those are about two of the, the purest things a person can engage in in life. Uh, so Dan, before we get, uh, too deep into this, um, if you can talk a little bit about, uh, uh, ATA, uh, what you do there and these, and maybe even let's, let's talk about the programs themselves a little bit and their positive benefits. And then we'll dive into, uh, I guess, current events as it relates to those, if that works for you. Oh, that sounds great, Mark. So the Archer Trade Association, for anybody that is an avid archer, be it a bow hunter or a target archer, is is somewhat familiar with ATA. We basically are the 501c6 trade organization for the archery industry. So if you touch the business in some way, shape, or form, then we exist to represent uh, you. So our goals are just like anybody that would be in the business. We want to grow and promote the sport, protect it. And we just, we just want to see folks to enjoy it as much as those in the industry do like myself. So within the ATA, uh, most folks know us as uh, the hosts of the annual trade show. And that's a great event uh, where everybody comes together and uh, has a chance to see new products, to make orders, to meet new friends Uh, And it's a great event. But part of uh, the value of that show is that it generates money for the association. And it allows us to reinvest those dollars back in ways that help the industry. For me specifically, my role uh, as chief conservation officer is I manage the uh, government relations and policy portfolio. So my job is to uh, interact with state agencies, federal agencies, those folks that actually have the authority to regulate things that we do and to ensure that policies are pro-archery. And what we're going to talk about here in a minute is one of those rare instances where our sport is actually in the crosshairs. Uh, And so I'm totally engaged in that. You know, the other thing that we do with some of those proceeds is to reinvest those into programming uh, and with partners that can promote participation. Uh, ATA was one of the earlier supporters of the National Archery in the School program, which there's been over 23 million kids have gone through that program across this country since, since 2002. And it is not only a two-week in-school archery program, but there's the opportunity for kids to compete uh, up to state level and then go on to national and even world competitions. So it, it is such a great enrichment program, but that's not the only archery program. 
you know, there's uh, Archers USA, there's other uh, programs associated with 4-H and other club activities. There's other organized activities, archery that we're all familiar with that also participate in school. And and the uh, the thing that we're here today really to discuss is is I would call it maybe unintended consequences in 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 policy development. Uh, oftentimes, uh, you have to be very uh, discreet and purposeful in language and legislation. And last year, Congress actually opened up an act that seeks to fund elementary and middle school and high school enrichment programs. Those programs include things like archery in the school, hunter education programs. Many states uh, offer hunter ed in school, in classrooms, uh, and even some kind of wilderness activities. But when they, when Congress passed uh, the bipartisan uh, Safer Communities Act last June, uh, they did that kind of on the heels of some of the uh, challenges that society's facing with school shootings and whatnot. And so the intent was to make schools safer. And in those negotiations, there was never, ever any discussion about uh, pulling back the funds for NASP, Hunter Education, or other activities. Yet, fast forward to May, the Department of Education issued some guidance that said, if in fact schools are using educational funds uh, that involve weapons, which was broadly interpreted to mean arrows, archery equipment, obviously hunter education courses, and for the, for the sake of Alaska, a lot of wilderness courses that were being taught there, then if you did that, then you put at risk all of your federal education funds. So Alaska was the first to get this knowledge and they raised the flag and said, whoa, we're having to pull back on our NAS programming. We're gonna have to pull back in a lot of different areas. And so they pushed that issue forward. Uh, and we, along with several of the conservation and NGO partners that we work with, obviously uh, rallied around this. And the first thing, that we did was to, to go to uh, some of those folks that were in the negotiating room when this was passed. And uh, chiefly among those was Senator Corrin out of Texas and Senator Tillis of North Carolina. And they were able to craft a piece of uh, correspondence that went to the Secretary of Education, Michael Cardona, and said, hey, this interpretation that's out there from you guys goes way beyond the scope of anything we wanted to do. And it's gonna be catastrophic to programs that we love that's counter to what this bill is seeking to do, right? It's kind of a no brainer, but it was a case of an interpretation that was well outside of the intent of the law. So that letter was filed uh, or sent on July the 10th. And uh, uh, to the best of my knowledge, there has been no response uh, from Department of Education on that letter yet. So as a result, folks are getting nervous. Uh, obviously this is something our industry doesn't want to live with. So we're gonna push back 
And so we've made a little bit of noise. We've offered an action alert to our members, which has been picked up elsewhere. And the action alert is simply messaging that allows you to very easily uh, communicate a prescripted message that you can modify that would go to the senators and your congressmen saying, hey, this interpretation is outside the bounds. Encourage Secretary of Education to reverse the decision as is consistent with the legislative intent and we'll all be happy again. So that's really what we're hoping will occur. If that does not occur, uh, then obviously we're geared up to push for some legislative language. Matter of fact, uh, Congressman Green out of North Carolina has already dropped a bill, House Bill 5110, that seeks to do that very thing. There's also some Senate discussions about a bill that will drop soon. So we've got a lot of support, a lot of bipartisan support. Uh, it's like I say, almost a no-brainer. I mean, these programs have been so beneficial for so long that uh, uh, I think we're gonna resurrect them. I just hope we can do it sooner rather than later and that the Department of Education can lead that charge as they ought to, because they have already been a benefactor as well from all the partnerships that go to these programs. Man, uh, number one, I am glad that you guys are on the case. I mean, uh, like you said, th these programs are just so instrumental. They're so important. It's absolutely tragic to even consider thinking about taking taking them away um and as much as it's like man i want to protect the 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 tradition and legacy of archery and hunting itself i mean these kids are depending on these programs um for a multiple a multitude of things whether it's um being able to participate in a sport that's maybe you know outside of i'm making air quotes maybe you're more traditional Sports maybe Absolutely. maybe they don't fit into that box. Uh, it's going to build self self esteem, camaraderie. Um, oh gosh, the just the positive benefits are are just um, so profound. It's, when I even heard about this, I was like, what, what, what? You know, I mean, it just um, at least you know for me, it kind of came out of nowhere, and I was I was uh, just I was shocked by it, disappointed, uh, and I mean that's why we're like, man, we gotta. We gotta, we gotta call Dan. We gotta see what's going on here. Well, I'm glad you did, and I, you know, I hate to be too rough on on the department or an individual because uh, I don't know if this was very thoughtful and purposeful. I I I hope not, and I hope that uh, we will prevail in in the the right way, which is oh, you know, you're right. We've looked at it and uh, and we get it. I mean, that's what Senator Corn and others are telling them. And so uh, I think that's the right call. And uh, I hope we get there and I hope we get there soon so that we can kind of put this to bed. Because right now, there uh, last year were 49 states participating in NAF program alone. A number uh, in Hunter Ed and Archers USA and the list goes on. Uh, a total of about 1.3 million students through NASP alone. So there's a lot of schools, a lot of states, a lot of children that are not going to be served because we're in this limbo now. And imagine state school superintendents, local superintendents, PE coaches, everybody is waiting to see what happens. So 
with school starting over much of the country in, in the last week or the coming weeks, we got to get this solved quickly. So I, I'm going to be optimistic that we're going to get a, a purposeful solution from education. The only other thing I would leave you with is if, in fact, language is, is so uh, open to interpretation, we may very well move forward with some legislative language anyway to shore this issue up so we don't find ourselves in another similar place two or three administrations from now. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, golly, these, these, these programs, they're just, um, they, are, they are so incredibly important uh, they, uh, they, they touch on, you know, uh, lifelong skills and, and recreational activities that people, you know, these kids can start young and, and carry into, you know, their golden years, um, and, and life skills, there's, there's, uh, you know, self-sufficiency, self-reliance built in there. Um, oh, it's, it's just, like I said, the, the list goes on and on. And, and I'd be curious, you know, it's like, you, it's like, what do you define as a weapon, right? It's like, well, you could hit somebody in the head with a golf club. Should, should we, <laughs> should we, you know, take golf away? Oh, baseball. Well, baseball bat, if used as unintended, unintended, that could be a weapon. It's like, is there even a slippery slope component here? Like you said, like, it seems like it's very open to interpretation. So, so your point is a real good one, and, and it, there's, there's, it's very difficult to write language into law that accounts for every permutation and every option, right? So we often find ourselves like this, and I can assure you that the negotiators on this bill were very purposeful. They actually added language that they thought would keep this from happening. Uh, but there's, you know, there's also a tangled web of, of definitions and there is a formal definition of weapons, and it includes archery, but there's exceptions in other places to allow for these enrichment programs, especially those that have been, you know, around for 20 plus years. So uh, I don't know that we can ever solve every interpretation, but this one we got to get right. This one, everybody's pulling in the same direction, and I, I'm confident we're going to get there. I just, like I say, I hope I hope we can all belly up to the bar and say, yep, this was a mistake and get everybody on the track and not have to push legislation when Lord knows our government's got plenty of other things to do than to wrestle this around to the ground again, right? Absolutely, yeah. And I love your positivity and, and I love, you know, I, I sincerely hope that, you know, like you said, it's an unintended consequence uh, you know, uh, if it's not, maybe we need to call the Olympics and, you know, tell them that they need to, uh, you know, remove a few uh, sports from from uh, that venue. But, um, yeah, I'm glad to ha I'm glad to know that you guys are on it. It sounds like the right people are in the right place. It sounds like people who, you know, are involved in that world are saying, hey, pump the brakes. This wasn't this wasn't the intent. So, um, yeah, the big thing is hopefully so to, to put an exclamation point on that. I, I over the last couple of days. Uh was with uh, colleagues from conservation groups around the country, state agency partners. It's basically a, an organization, American Wildlife Conservation Partners, that come together to work on conservation issues of mutual interest. This was a topic. 
and everybody there from Congressional Sportsman's Foundation, Rocky Mountain Health Foundation, Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership, uh, you know, NSSF, NRA, uh, all the, the, the deer groups and the turkey groups and everybody it, it all are ready to help get this done because it impacts all of us in a big way. Obviously, we want to promote and grow participation. And you can't do that without putting a bow in their hands at some point. And through this, these kind of programs in school, uh, we, we expose a lot of kids to this uh, activity in a very positive way, very controlled way, safe way. And it's been nothing but positive, no injuries. And, and just a side note, before I went to work for ATI, I was with the uh, Georgia Department of Natural Resources. And we had a third grade class that won the state NAS tournament, went on to Kentucky and got third in the nationals, but they went to the world championship in Orlando and they won the world championship. Oh. A group of elementary school kids from a part of our state where there's 60% free or reduced lunches in that school. These were kids that are not, you know, uh, in tune with other sports that are more traditional, that they compete well in, boys, girls. And what that did for that school and for that community is incredible. And there's no risk to society for continuing enrichment programs that have such a great track record like that. So that's why I'm so confident that we're going to win. Uh, I uh, look forward to uh, being able to report, you know, a positive result, be it, you know, a turnaround from education or be it legislation. We're, we're going to stay on the trail here. And when I say we, it's, it's ATA and all of the folks that are working with us on this. Man, that's fantastic. Uh, like you mentioned before, time is of the essence. Uh, we're, we're on the cusp of, of school starting here pretty soon. Dan, um, I know you mentioned it before, but I, I just want to have you you uh, bring it up again. Where who where can people who are passionate about this, where can they provide that comment? So they can go to the Archery Trade Association website. It's archerytrade.org. And just look for the action alert web page and in there you'll find this alert that we put together and all one has to do is insert your uh personal information name and where you reside and it it has a a pre-scripted message that you can uh you can send directly to your representative and your two senators the program it's in actually knows who to send it to on your behalf and so it's fairly simple, a few clicks uh, of the keystroke, and you can send a message. And I would encourage you to uh, to write your own message, add some personal uh, examples to that. Uh, the, the more you can make it your own, the better off you're going to be. But the message really is simple, and that is don't withhold federal funds uh, uh, and, and ish, reissue an interpretation that's favorable for archery and other enrichment programs. I love it. Uh, well, I don't love what happened, but I love that we have a place to, to make our voice heard. And I, I know for me personally, when things, you know, like this pop up, but oftentimes it's on, uh, on the state 
at the state level, right? And you feel right. when you're an out-of-stater, you feel a little bit helpless because it's just, you know, difficult to, to have your voice heard or have an impact. And and this is one that's it's affecting all of us. And so, uh, man, if, right. it, uh, if, if you care about the stuff like, like I do, like we do here at Vortex, make your voice heard. Uh, go to the ATA website, uh, fill, fill that out. And, uh, yeah, we'll just uh, cross our fingers a little bit, hold our breath. Uh, this is a big one. It's important. It's important for uh, our youth and, and so many things beyond that. Um, Dan, thank you so much for the time. If we can be of help in any way, let us know. And, uh, man, outside of that, just, yeah, keep uh, keep fighting the good fight, I guess. All right, we'll do it. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate Vortex and the opportunity. All right, thank you, Dan. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, head over to the ATA website. I'm headed there right now after we wrap this podcast. And uh, like I said, make your voice heard. Catch you on the next one.